0: Welcome to 931, Growing the Church in Canada, a podcast about church revitalization and hosted by Heritage College and Theological Seminary in Cambridge, Ontario. Join us as we explore with Canadian leaders strategic topics related to church revitalization. Well, I'm delighted to have a time with John Korkadakis here in London, Ontario. John, tell us briefly how you came to experience God's saving grace.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I grew up Greek Orthodox, and uh, the concept of God was something that was part of my life from a very early age, um, but never knew about a personal God or a personal relationship with God. God was a you know, distant reality, something that we did when we went to church every so often, but it wasn't a part of my everyday life. Um, and as I was growing up, um, I had three kind of burning questions that were part of my growing up. And it wasn't until I was older that I was able to, to formulate those questions, but three basic struggles that I had. Um, I, I remember when I first heard the concept of death, okay? And um, uh, the first question that came to my mind is, if, if this is all there is, um, if there's nothing beyond this life, then this life doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, that really bothered me, you know, because I was hearing all about there's nothing after we die or any, anything like that. And was that
0: coming from uh, culture? That wasn't coming from the church. That was coming from... That was coming from the outside culture. culture yeah, okay. and,
1: and uh, I, I was just really bothered by that. And and if, if, if life is all about just working, you know, going through the process in the end and that's it, I just thought it was such a waste of time um, uh, that life had to mean much more okay. than, than what I was hearing. And then if, if, if someone or something did create all of this, um, how can we know who they are and what their character is? Okay. Um, so uh, at an early age, I, I started into a journey of, of different faiths, different religions, trying to understand what, what, what God was all about. And, um, and if there was a communication, could we trust it? That was that was a big part of of my early years uh, and then subsequently um, i met my wife uh, who is now my wife now i mean and uh, she had an evangelical background
0: okay. this is in your teens it's, uh,
1: this is in my early 20s early 20s uh, yeah wow. i didn't i didn't come to faith till my mid-20s wow yeah so it was quite a journey for me and uh, i i was a musician for many years and uh, i i lived the secular life, if you can, okay. if you can categorize it yes. that way. Um, and I was really, you know, uh, I came to a place where I really said there had to be much more than what I was experiencing. And I remember I, I, I met my wife and uh, I got introduced to the evangelical world, if I can say it that way, and got invited to church and started hearing things differently than what I was accustomed to. And I started wanting to read the Bible, understand this whole thing. And for me, Christianity made sense. Um, I I know it's not a a logical progression for some people, but it was for me. Nothing else made sense. And I've joked many times that I would never, I would not be a believer in God if it wasn't for Christianity.
0: Nothing else right. made sense right. to me. Right. Everything was. So you you did do some reading in other faiths. Yeah. You yeah. did. You have anyone offering help or? I had
1: a number of people. You know. Um, you know. My background, because of being a musician and because I was in the hotel industry for a number of years, I had contact with many different types of people uh, from v- many different backgrounds. Okay. And that was always part of the conversation. It was. I found it far easier when I was searching to talk to different people about what they believed as opposed to what I, what I now as a pastor, yes. because yes. I'm, I'm the, I'm you're, the pastor. you it, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're pigeonholed. I, I'm <laughs> pigeonholed, totally. <laughs> uh, we know what he's gonna say. Yeah, so I, I missed that that wonderful journey that, that I had. And, uh, and I came to this place and for me, it wasn't a lightning bolt moment to come to faith. What it was, I, and I uh, jokingly, it was a click. It was like the last piece of the puzzle finally fell in place to this journey that I had as, as, as a young person. And uh, that's, that's where I came to a saving faith in, in Christ.
0: Amazing. Now, you grew up here in London. Um, Predominantly, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you've been in Ontario and you've, you've yeah. lived and grown up in, 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 in Ontario. Yeah. Walk us through, you talked about being involved in business, and walk us through, if you would, the, the process of your sense of God's calling into pastoral ministry. That's where we're focused yeah. in terms of just saying, how, how did God bring you? How did God lay in your heart, give you a sense of calling and purpose? Uh,
1: That's yeah that's a great question. Remember we only have a couple hours. (laughs) I I, I, I went in kicking and screaming. I'll I'll be very honest. I did not go easily into pastoral ministry. In fact, I, I say, you know, the, the poem footprints, Yes. right? Instead of footprints for me, it was drag marks. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You you know, um, because I was on a trajectory uh, to business. I owned a couple of businesses. I was with my family business, for instance. Even as a believer, Uh, I was a believer. You're tracking. Even as a believer, uh, I I was tracking and um, I, I just, uh, thought that that was going to be the majority of my life, sure. and that, you know, the Christian experience and, and, and all of that was going to be secondary to my primary motivation of being in business, and it just seemed that every time um, I, I felt a sense that we were taking the next level business-wise, that God would close the door that it just wasn't satisfactory. You know, I was in the midst of a business degree when uh, I came home and uh, said to my wife, you know, I feel God is calling me to ministry. And actually it was uh, Jehovah Witnesses that started me down the path of even going to school. Um, I, wow. I, w- I, w- I just happened to be home one afternoon. Uh, I don't know, I should not have been home that particular afternoon because typically I would have been at work. And uh, Jehovah showed up at the door and uh, somehow maybe saw my name or whatever, but started telling me the Greek in John one. <laughs> classic, right. classic, classic text for them. Classic text for them. <laughs> and I remember being so bothered that someone was challenging me with, you know, with my own native language. And the next day, to add insult to injury, the person came back with their young daughter who I thought was about maybe 11 or 12. And, and he said to her, tell the man what you know. And she started witnessing to me. And I was, I was so insulted and uh, so taken aback by that whole experience that I said uh, no one was ever going to challenge me with my own language mm-hmm. about, about Scripture. Wow. So I started taking uh, distance courses and started learning more about Scripture and actually enrolled at Liberty uh, Bible College and uh, started doing work there. And because I was taking classes at the church that we were at at the time, they asked me to teach. and. Um, People just kept saying to me, you, you're a very good teacher, you you know, and, and I was consuming this stuff and I, it was very easy for me to relay it and to remember it. Uh, and, and that was the journey. And I, yeah, and, and so
0: using your training almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, just let's, let's take a little tangent here. Is that a valuable process, do you think, for students? Current students to actually use oh, yeah. almost immediately pass on what you've been taught in order to. I mean, you learn it better, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. fixated. It's fixed in your mind because you are responsible now to instruct others.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 you got to learn to deliver it to the bottom shelf proverbially, and and to take difficult theological concepts. I just. People, what people would say to me, you have a way of taking theological concepts and making them easy to understand, and not only that, but applicable. That was the thing that kept resonating. And I fought that for a long time. I had many people uh, say, you know, you need to be doing this on a regular basis. We feel this is a calling of God in your life. And I kept saying, "No, no, I'm going into business. I'm, I'm already got my whole life track."
0: So you had no official role in this particular church that you, where you were teaching. Yeah. It was simply as a lay yeah. instructor passing on what you've been taught. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And of course, the, my Greek background became invaluable to, you know, some of the insights and some of the things that I was reading and, and understanding. Um, so that became another. Uh, easy bridge for many people.
0: Where did you go next? Did you complete a degree online through that first yeah. pr- process? That would be an undergraduate degree?
1: Yeah I, I completed a, a Bible diploma okay. uh, both my wife and I. We, we both studied together and at that point um, I, I just felt this call of God in my life. It just, this this was the direction I was going to take. And it was it was a shock for my family. Uh, it was, um, you know, I had two young kids at the time. And um, um, Darlene had prayed that she would not marry a pastor, <laughs> which God honored. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, yes. In all God he, honored. he
0: held off on that until the time. And right, I, right, I
1: remember coming home and, and saying to her, you know, I feel God is calling me into ministry. And her face just going... You know, you're kidding. You're you're, kidding. uh, Just unbelievable. And um, so from there, um, uh, I I knew people who were going to Heritage at the time. It was London Baptist Bible College. Okay, And here uh, in the city? My very first year was the last year that the school was in London, and um, started. I just took one course to begin.
0: And you stole the business. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. so wow.
1: still at the business. In in fact when I was uh, I, I, I applied as a mature student. The, I, I'm I'm late to the game okay. of pastoral ministry. Um, you know, for many of my friends at the time, they literally thought I had gone nuts. Um, you know, we understand too, too late
0: to to hear the call. Is that what was that their perception that you've 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 missed it or
1: no? The, uh, for some, it was it was that it's it's too late to you know you you but you've invested so much of your life in 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 business. We we see this is a really good place that you you know you're giving up so much to do this. Where where's it going to go or you know, um, you know and and for many of people uh, that I was that i knew at the time they were wondering about the financial reward that was a big part of it Um, so i entered as a mature student into uh, a master's program um, at heritage and and started on that journey and in fact uh my my family owned a donut and deli shop um, and i was doing my master's degree and working evenings um, over midnights Baking, baking uh, at the bakery, Um, and then going to school. I remember not being able to sit down to read anything. (laughs) As if I sat down, (laughs) I would would fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So I would I would be in the hallway, uh, pacing up and down the hallway, reading my uh, textbooks for for the courses. Otherwise, I would be out
0: like white. So you chipped away at a degree at the MDiv part time.
1: Uh, I chipped away and got it done I believe it was in two years I, I was taking wow. six seven courses yeah I would not recommend it to anybody. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll edit this part of the podcast later. <laughs> yeah I would not recommend that it was it was full immersion right. um, and, and 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 my wife carried an, an, an incredible yes, load, added a, yeah. you okay, know the, we had two young kids at home and um, she she was Superwoman.
0: How did that degree? How did that training shape you? Obviously, you had to find the balance in terms of work and ministry and study. But how did that degree at Heritage? How did the MDiv really shape your leadership? Um,
1: you know, it it clarified so much of my own calling. It clarified. I I love the fact that there was an authentic teaching of the Bible. Um, the deep theological truths that it holds, but not only that, how it should impact our lives. Okay. Um, that, that was... Always
0: the so what, always the, the put it into practice. Yeah,
1: abs- absolutely. And um, it, it was tremendously impactful in my life because um, you know, I'd, I'd been in churches where I wasn't 100% sure we were getting a faithful representation of the gospel, okay. if I can if I can say yes. that, um, you know, there were some legalistic elements to some of the early years, in early churches that I was I was involved in, and, and it, I, I believe it stunted my growth, and I had a lot of difficulty with that because part of it was my background in the Greek Orthodox yes. Church. Um, I saw a lot of that ritual, but not a lot of the grace or the love that I saw in in Scripture. It was a little bit. Of you know Philip Yancey's version of the Jesus I never knew. Yes, uh, I was experiencing that kind of thing. That book really resonated with me early on because it was exactly my kind of okay. experience. Yeah, and and I just loved the I loved the people I loved the atmosphere. It was an authentic learning experience, and we were all in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew a love for the Old Testament that I never thought I would grow a love for. Um,
0: took you out of your Greek language. Took took me out of <laughs> my although <laughs> Septuagint, but uh, compensate for that. <laughs> took me out
1: of my Greek language. Although my first fourteen years at Heritage, I taught Hebrew.
0: Okay, fascinating.
1: Um, um, the, the year I graduated, um, they asked me to come back and teach Hebrew. Interesting. Which, really caused my parents a lot of...
0: What are you what? doing? <laughs> you weren't disinherited, but close. No,
1: but, but, but close. My father said, where did I fail? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so finishing up the MDiv, at this point then, are you involved in pastoral ministry? No. You're still in business? I'm still in business. Okay, to walk us through the journey of, of going into ministry and how, you, how the Lord led you here. Is this where you first... Well, serve know, here at Village Green.
1: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting time because um, I'm still a layperson in our church, um, and I've completed this Master's of Divinity degree. Um, I've been asked to come back and teach at the school, so I'm I'm comfortable. I'm I'm okay. Um, I, I can continue this trajectory because at this point in my life, I'm I'm thinking I'm satisfying both.
0: Okay, keep the business. I've I've done the education, and I can be more useful in the church. I'm good. I'm good. It's all balanced.
1: yeah. Looking back on it now, why would I think otherwise? You know, it was a a wonderful balance in in my life. Um, And and then um, I I had made a presentation to the local association here in London that North End of London didn't have a lot of... This is of of, churches, local
0: association of churches, gotcha, right.
1: Didn't have a lot of representation Of churches in the north end of London at that particular time, going back a number of years. And I remember at the end of the meeting, I don't know how I got stuck making the presentation, but I did. (laughs) At the end of the meeting, um, they said, Yeah, you should do this. What do you mean? Wow,
0: that was not the intent of the presentation at all.
1: Not the intent of the presentation at all. And uh, make a long story short, um, we just felt God was uh, confirming what, what had been spoken to us that particular day. And we ended up starting a church in the north of London. And that was my kind of initiation into pastoral ministry.
0: Church planting, under another existing church, church planting with a team. Walk us through just briefly how, who was involved in the early process of that. I,
1: I'd done an internship with Don Howard at uh, Noah okay. Baptist Church, and, and, uh, and it, it, essentially it launched out of there. All right. Um, uh, so they were kind of like the mother church of, of, this, of this plant. And that was our, our adventure. the The early years of the church plant were incredibly exciting. Um, we had a lot of people who um, either were disenfranchised with church or had never been in church before. Uh, the early years were really quite a, quite um, memorable. We were baptizing people probably every three months. Uh, it really Amazing. was. It really was something. Um, you know, but. You know, we we were doing that for about ten years, and it was just time for us. After that, um, we were setting up the gym every week. It was really taking a toll. Church in, the church in a church box. Church in a box. Church in a box. And um, and it it, it it seemed to come to a stalemate, um, and we just felt it was time to move on. And in fact, when when we decided to leave the church and just Call it quits for a number of reasons. I thought I was going to go back into business and stay teaching. You're
0: determined. You're a fixated on oh, that.
1: I was. I <laughs> absolutely. I. I don't. I don't think people understand the intense wrestle this whole oh, yes. call to ministry has been. Hmm. And um, and I was still teaching. I I've been teaching at Heritage since 1996. Okay. And um, I so that it was an easy fallback position. In, in, in terms of ministry, easy fallback position. And I remember the weekend that we decided that we were going to you know, st- stop the church plant and and go back into business, and we had this plan to go back into business. I probably got more calls that weekend from people asking if I was ready to move on and if I would be interested in another church or another opportunity. And it was quite... Quite surprising because we had no told no one that wow. we were ready to move on.
0: God I, knew. It God was, knew.
1: It was absolutely so. The I,
0: timing was just
1: the timing. Timing stable. was right, and I had already, and my wife and I had already made a decision and already had a business plan of getting back into business. Wow! And it was like God. No, God
0: said no. You're not. You're not doing that.
1: Yeah. No. In, in fact, uh, the fellowship at that time, if I remember right asked if I would put my profile in, but I had gotten so many independent calls at that time that I said, no, I don't think
0: it would be proper. (laughs) Don't need it. (laughs) At at
1: this time to do that. Um, So, you know, here we are.
0: So that you came here at Village Green, what year?
1: Uh, August, you know, April 1st of 2008, which is April April Fool's Day. Day. Well... (laughs) We'll just leave that. (laughs)
0: We'll just leave that. <laughs> we'll just leave we'll that. We'll just leave that. <laughs> Pick that up on another end. Thanks for tuning in to 931, Growing the Church in Canada, a podcast seeking to explore issues of church revitalization. To learn more about what Heritage College and Theological Seminary has to offer you and your church, please visit our website at heritagecambridge.com where we're seeking to honor and serve Jesus Christ and his bride, the church.